0: why are we not moving fast enough uh, into that world where things will be much better for everyone?
1: There's a risk versus reward issue in talent acquisition. They're not willing to take the risk because. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous, dangerous podcast. podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right, right where it hurts. hurts. Complete with breaking news,
2: brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast.
1: Welcome back. We're continuing the conversation with a veteran of the recruitment tech industry, Shadik Jain, a.k.a. KJ. Founder and CEO of Programmatic Platform
2: Jovio. Enjoy. So I'm curious. Sometime around 2006 or seven, Craigslist cut themselves off or their content from Indeed. Uh, did you have any thoughts at the time when they did that? And I assume that Craigslist wasn't mentioned much at Monster if they weren't talking about aggregators and other competitors like LinkedIn.
0: So this was a time Craigslist actually cut most of the people off uh, and they were very clear. We want no mass postings. In fact, they cut the, the job posting API access to pretty much overnight to everybody. Uh, they want the experience to be, if I really want to hire someone, I will take the pain, go online, fill up the job, post it there. Because all the all the job boards can have like a millions of jobs, right, or hundreds of thousands of jobs. And uh, so I guess that was the reason. And second is, there is a very l- little quality control on-the-job ad content, right? Uh, There was so much spam, like people were luring people to click to a job, but really, in reality, it was either a lead gen or it was more like, hey, pay me this much before you get that. So it was kind of scam. So I believe that uh, that was the motive behind Craigslist doing what they did. And I think, uh, given the kind of technology we have, we have tried to solve the Craigslist problem. Yes. You guys got me started on something that is close to me, is, is companies are sitting on the mountains of quality data. Uh, and and they don't use the intelligence from that data to optimize the sourcing funnels. And it's like, you go through the cycle, but you don't take the output of the cycle to improve the next cycle that you're... Why do you think that is the case, right? Why, why uh, and, and I kind of scratch my head sometimes that this whole world of machine learning and seed data and, and just the intelligence that you build in, right? Uh, after so much of money, you spent a million dollars, you got like a like a million applications, or whatever, right, uh, 100,000 applications. And you don't use that knowledge of, I've seen cases where the same job posted in two different locations on the same job board has totally different results.
1: Well, I think I think the biggest issue that talent acquisition has today and, and everybody in HR is that we, we gather so much data and behaviors and, and outcomes and information, and we don't use it. The, the thing that we have to get away from is continuing to to spend money to acquire the same candidate five, six, ten times over. Uh, we shouldn't be just posting jobs for the hell of it. We should be, like you'd said, matching against the data in the database that we have now, and prospectively, let's say, for instance, programmatically targeting those individuals and inviting them to apply or reapply for a job. Again, talent acquisition, not incredibly fast on the adoption curve. Uh, but there's no question, I agree we have we have mountains of data. We should be using that to be able to at least advise us or recommend candidates so that we can make the decision to get better, quicker hires.
2: I was just gonna add that uh you know Chad and I are big fans of of marketing and and recruiting getting more and more together. And I think that, you know, products like Jovio and programmatic, I mean, that started in marketing, right? Like getting the most out of your advertising. And so how do you take that data and and build the best marketing case um, for your recruiting? And I think that is, that's kind of where we're going. And we'll eventually probably talk about in this interview of how technology and marketing and recruiting are coming together to fix that sort of problem that's been haunting uh, recruiting for so long.
0: Exactly. And, you know, when Joel and Chad was saying that the future is putting an ad in front of the person, you know, that's other thing I keep on thinking that bothers me personally. And, and I guess it does to you as well, because you we're all saying the same thing, that the industry has existed from the day Monster Board was launched, is pull model. You pull a person into a job board and from a job board, you pull a person into a company's career site. Where is a push model? The consumer world has gone to a push model. You know who to reach out to, who's the yeah. best guy for that job to be hired just put that job in front of that poor person and save him so much of an agony of having to look at 100 jobs, getting confused, not knowing which one to apply or not. And and you know, seven out of 10 jobs people apply to in a company, within a company, they apply to a wrong job where they will not get hired, but there is a job in the same company, they have a higher likelihood of getting hired. Right. <laughs> Why can't we just solve one problem in the right way, put the right ad in front of person. You already know through your like, do a simple look like audience for all I care, right? Uh, put all a higher data yeah. look like audience and just find those people and then put some money behind it. Do A/B testing on that. I'm sorry guys, but I think that kind of uh, occupies my mind a lot of times. That why are we not moving fast enough uh, into that world where things will be much better for everyone? Yeah, yeah.
1: I think it's there's there's a risk versus reward issue in talent acquisition. They're not willing to take the risk because that could prospectively, they feel, mean their job. And, and, and they're what they're not doing, unfortunately, is tying what we do in talent to the actual business bottom line. The organization does not run without talent. It does not run with without HR. We are the epicenter of why every company on planet Earth does what they do, period. We have to be able to tie that to business analytics and being able to impact the bottom line, either negatively or positively. And as we're talking about the candidate experience, how many of those candidates are customers and we've negatively impacted them with our brand, not only were they never work for us because they hate us, but they're not going to buy our stuff, right? If we can make that into... A narrative the CEO will definitely want to hear that the CFO the CRO yes. the people who are making these these decisions so overall I believe a hundred percent that we need to start figuring out that we need to take risks and we need to start to do that R and D, we just we just actually got off uh, an interview with the individual Jen Terry Tharp, who who ran uh, town acquisition for AT and T. Now that brand knows what the fuck they're doing. Yes. They spend money and they and they do R and D and they get it. But most brands won't take risks like they will. We need to work like a business and stop being afraid of our own shadow. That's our biggest issue.
0: You know, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned Jane Terry here, right? Because, you know, I I remember meeting her. They were one of our first customers in Bobolt. And and what was amazing Mm -hmm. is she was a risk taker. She sets a certain amount of a budget aside to put money on startups as a bet to see if they work out or not. She would understand what fits in yeah. AT&T, what is the future for us, and this company has a – she'll do all that. She acted like a VC, if I were to call it this way. Does this company have the right goods, right talent, right team, right technology? Can they deliver the promise? And if they did, she'll be at the forefront of it. And And right. I think they have gone so far ahead in the sophisticated use of whole programmatic – and how that is done, and and and, and I was like, I guess that that has to be propagated a lot more. Uh, and she's she's a sharpest mind, I guess, in the talent acquisition, or maybe you know, among the definitely among the top ten that I see out there. That's
2: why she's on our show. <laughs> yeah. What percentage of companies would you put in that AT and T bucket of of innovation and risk taking?
0: In the entire industry, I'm sorry, guys, uh, I would say single digits, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Us too, probably.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting, I mean, AT&T has a lot of cash, there's no question. Every And everybody wants to point to that. They're a huge brand, they have a lot of cash, but if you take a look at the amount of individuals who are being hired, and we actually had this discussion on stage with Intel in Yeti. Yeti looked at Intel and said, you guys hire so many people, you must have so much money. And the real fact is, per hire, they have less money than a company like Yeti so overall, it's about what your focus is. And again, the risk versus reward.
0: Yeah. And I think it's very interesting, right? Uh, if, you, if you see this ecosystem, uh, Chad, and, and, and this is something I, again, another question for you guys is 80% of the dollars, so maybe I'm actually a little less, goes into media and that spend gets spent every year. And only... a quarter or less is actually going into the tech part of it whereas you you get the same results you can actually have only 50% of the media spend happening yeah and uh, you know we i've had a customer uh, and i will not take the name here but they were uh, seeing about uh, just the job title was wrong and through technology we understood that this is not the right title for this job and we changed it like something as simple as that you don't have to be a rocket scientist and, and talk about ai ml to do that but my friend if you have a driver job, truck drivers are going to come to it. Mm-hmm. If you want a pizza delivery driver, you might as well just call it pizza delivery driver, and completely yeah. two different audiences, <laughs> right? Common
2: sense isn't that common, is it?
0: Isn't it? And and the the right. cost per right. apply went down by whooping seventy five percent. And the relevant supply went like <laughs> many folds, right? out, like completely relevant after that.
2: So this sort of brings us into the tech and and the idea to start Jovio and get into programmatic. So you're at you're at Indeed. How did this idea come to you? I know you're an idea guy. So what was it about this idea that really sparked you to, to move forward and do it? Talk about the genesis of Jovio and, and getting into programmatic. Sure. I've,
0: again, like kind of you've been talking about is uh, I've always believed there is nothing like a bad quality applicant and it it hurts me to say this is bad quality this is good quality because guys we're talking about people here number one exactly yeah always a right job for everyone in the world you just have not put that right job in front of that person so i kept on asking myself and i know that every job board every technology company in our space kind of talking about right job the right person but if you look at it this way right if you look at it from a push angle right chad you were saying about that a job for everyone so we started out saying hey this is the mantra of the company can we put a right job in front of the person? And that was the name where Jovio came in. It's not exact acronym, but a job for everyone is where I guess Jovio got formed. Uh, that was the, at the heart of it, that's what it is. We are in this to get to the point uh, that through data, through learning, through constant learning, through uh, constant uh, uh, learning loops, I would call, uh, based on high data, improved sourcing, and, and back and forth, to be able to know that this is the one right job to be put in front of a person. You know, one of our customers, we actually showed a recommendation of jobs they should apply to in that company. Recommendation, just recommendation. These are jobs you are high likelihood of getting a higher. you know what is the click to apply conversion rate 85% just that just making a person wow. feel like you have a better likelihood of getting Good a God. higher here this is where my belief gets even more strengthened right that uh, craig's list you know less job applications but more hires and and this is what drove me that you know uh, and i and the way i've put it across this is my problem is that i'm solving trying to solve for and i think all of us should at least care for it if not try to solve it and i don't i don't want a lot of people trying to solve it by the way just <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> uh, if you put the right job in front of a person, the person will actually get hired. And the person gets hired, his life is better. He may find a, a better job because maybe he's not a good fit in a certain job. His manager is not good. He's not happy with the salary or the location or or, or whatever that is, right? The ecosystem. And if you do that, you actually impact humankind you impact the happiness index of this world right if if you can deliver one billion jobs to people we'll never be the the laptop company we'll never be microsoft we are the intel inside we we don't want to be a brand out there we don't have desire and i don't think we got to do one thing and one thing right right but my my philosophy and I think our vision and the entire team is unified on that is once we get to that, we make impact on human lives because they will get a better job. Their families will be happier. Just overall, it's going to bring goodness to the world. And that's kind of where this whole philosophy of Jovio is and and something that, uh, that I'm in it to just prove out this concept to make sure that it works.
2: You're going to make Chad cry in a little bit. He's getting choked (laughs) up
0: right now. I can tell.
1: (laughs) No, that was just drinking bourbon.
0: That wasn't it. Oh, my bad. And, and, you know, like we took a very bold effort, right? At the time of COVID, everybody's saying, hey, I i got to save my dollars, I've got to make money, all of that stuff, he said, you know what, we're gonna help people get the jobs or, or, or get the employees who need essential workers. And during the COVID time, and again, just being Intel inside, we know that we would have delivered more than 60,000 hires in the ecosystem. And that for me is looking back and saying, maybe, perhaps, perhaps we are doing something right.
1: Look for more episodes of Voices, this Chad and Cheese podcast series devoted to stories and opinions of industry leaders. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio... But my life. Well, our goal on the podcast, Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analysts at Le Chifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines.